We just hit a hundred thousand followers. I don't think we. Oh my god, my dog's my dog's throwing up. Can you hear it? It's throwing up really bad. Go take care of your dog. Roll the intro music. It was a bit. No. <laughs> What is going on, baseball fans? Welcome back to the We Got Eyes podcast. My name is Jack, joined here by Lorenzo and producer Wilson, as always. And you're not only listening to any baseball podcast, you're listening to the number 11 charting baseball podcast in the nation. Yo, I've never... I wish we were like the number 64 podcast. That'd be such a funnier yeah. bit. Wait, like, so you wish we were oh, actually worse? Yes. So it'd be fun so for the st- bit. So if you're listening, stop. No, please don't. Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Jack, I have, I have a problem with you. I've known okay. you now for mm-hmm. several several years. Like I've had gone through many different beard phases in the time we've known, and I still have not seen a single picture of your dog. Why are you hiding it from me? Wait, you've gone through several beard phases? Yeah, like I went no beard, then I went bushy beard, and now I'm kind of in like this, this okay. weird tweener this, phase. This is going to be an ADHD pod, so take your Adderall. Here we go. But <laughs> I saw an old Instagram picture of you. And you had a full-on beard, and I think you should do it again. Do you? I should go full beard so. mode? I think your quarantine playing guitar on the roof, I think that was a really good look. Oh, might have to bring it back. Might have to go I full. I think you got to bring that back. Yeah. Right, I'll, I'll I saw a comment back. the other day where it was like, um, like grow your beard out at 100K. I was like, what? What? What is this? Yo, that was a stretching quarantine. Probably that photo. I didn't shave for, <laughs> for two months. It was yeah. just bushy as hell. I'll go yeah, full that's... beard. All right, no shave. No yeah. shave for the next month. Um, but my dog, I will. I do need to get you a picture of my dog. She's a black lab. Ooh. Piranha I... mix. What's your dog's name? Lily. Wilson got the bit gig over Lily. It was close. Like, Lily came in. She had the better yeah. resume. But Wilson, like, made a joke. And you were like, I like this guy's stuff. He's got moxie. Well, we have to remember, Wilson's a producer and Lily's a dog. It's true. It's true. It's kind of close. Close enough. Shout out to Wilson, by the way. I mean, he started his career at a local pet store, and now he's the producer of the number 11 baseball podcast in the United States of America and Puerto Rico. That's pretty fire. Also, I have a question for you. Talking of, I don't we're talking about personal lives, you told me you had a patio update. You wouldn't share with me until we got in the pot. Patio okay. update! <laughs> the, the patio lore is growing by the day. So if you don't know, I'm building a patio in my yard, and it has become a very emotional and... Really just a, a disaster and a blessing in the same – a blessing and a curse, if you will. Can I be honest with you? When you t- Yes. You told me that you were getting a delivery of stone today, and I woke up, and the first thing I wanted to do was text you and go, did the stone come? But yeah. I knew that it was very personal for you, and I didn't want to steal your moment. So I was like, I'll let him yeah, have it. I, let him have his I appreciate yet. that. What time did you wake up? Ooh, 9.02. So I was up at 6.30 unloading stone to my backyard because – Lowe's doesn't call for two days. We love you, Lowe's, if you want to sponsor us. I mean, we're, we're pleased to work with you. But we but got problems. they didn't call me for two days, and then they said, we'll be here in 15 minutes. It was like 5.45 in the morning. So <laughs> I was up early, working with Stone, um, and that's how my day started. So patios, it's, it's, it's getting there. They are. So I'm trying to level out the Stone. One side, so I've started leveling it a little bit, but one side is slumping a little bit. Another person who's also slumping. There you go. I Good transit. Honestly, I kind of thought you were going to get that one. No, I didn't. I, I, I'm I not going to I kind of thought you were going to swoop in. I was kind of giving you an alley-oop, 
It might have been a little too complex. It, yo, the easy ones are the ones I don't I don't achieve at. Give me That's the true. hardest problem in the world. I got it. But give me, like, what's 2 plus 2? I'm like yeah. 77. That's but speaking kind of, of Los problem. Angeles, the Dodgers <laughs> have, like, can we... I think we need to do a check on a checkup on them. Like, do the I'm daily physical. Them. I'm a little worried about them. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if enough people are talking about it. There's something something in the water in L.A. Something's going wrong. So let, let's try to break it down. I actually have a conspiracy we are, theory. We are a baseball podcast. That is true. I have a conspiracy theory about the Dodgers. Like, you mentioned their physical. I think that they skipped their yearly physical. They were like... We're pretty healthy, you know. I go to the gym every day. I eat free, free good meals. At the, I don't need to go to the doctor. And now it's catching up to them. They're like, oh, no, I'm, I got problems. Yeah, I, I, I agree. They just got swept by the Cubs. They've lost 13 out of their last 17 at the date of the recordation of this podcast. That's a word. And they're now in recordation, yeah. They're now in third place in the NL West at 17 and 15, which a little fun fact for you because we got a bunch of fun facts on this pod. Subscribe. Thanks for watching. The Rays are also 17 and 15, so the two teams in the World Series, two games above 500 in the start of May. Who saw that coming? Not me. Not me either, dude. I don't know what is going on in Dodgerville. They just got swept by the Cubs. Walker Bueller looked good in their last game. Then they lost the third game of the series in extra innings on an Anthony Rizzo walk-off single. Bueller went six innings, two two runs. He was nasty. But their offense, dude, is just inept right now. I believe as their team, they're hitting less than 200. I have the stat right here. I'm going to pull it up. But, dude, it's A lot of bad. guys are slumping. Yeah. It's going I saw bad it. there. I think I saw a graphic it was like Muncy, Mookie, like half the team hitting like under 200. Like just no, they're not getting the bat on the ball. And this Dodgers team, we, I mean, in our preseason preview of the Dodgers team, one through nine are all-stars. And that like, you can't pitch around anyone because they're all going to at least hit a double. And that's when they start scoring a bunch of runs. And we saw that 16 run outburst against the Brewers, but that's really been their only win of the week. And they've, they've been, they lost a lot of close games to the Cubs. Uh, their pitching wasn't horrible, but they can't. They really need to try to outscore these teams, and their offense has been kind of inept. So I got some stats for you because we are a stat pod. Stat. We believe in we stats, go. right? Science. Are we? Are we a stat pod? I think we like to think we're a stat pod, but our stats are usually not right. I think we're a reading. I think pod. that we go on Facebook and we get this might not be accurate information on us. We yeah, we get the Zuckerberg conspiracy facts. Yeah, we get a label yeah. when we're on Facebook, but in the last. 17 games or six yeah 17 games the Dodgers hit 208 with a free 20 on base percentage and a free 45 slugging percentage for a team OPS of 665 they're averaging 5.06 runs per game if you remove out that like you said the one really good game against the Brewers they're only averaging 3.3 run 3.31 runs per game which is can be confirmed is really bad not great and, I mean, they're third place in the NL West. And who's first? Oh, probably the Padres. They got Tatis. They're, they're a good team. The Gigantes. Who's saw wow. that coming? When you talk in Spanish, does something for me. Dude, that's, yeah, that's I took, fire. I may or may not have took two and a half years of Spanish in high school. And do I know any of it? Story who for another day. Who, who knows the language you take in high school? Who talks? I mean, let's just be real. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? You want to know what's not talking? The money on this Dodgers team. Mookie Betts during this really bad stretch. Ready? 248 batting average, 358 OBP, 410 slugging. That's an overall 
2021. For Corey Seager, 250, 348 OBP with a 433 slugging percentage. That's his overall on the season. Those are their number one and two hitters, their biggest bats in the lineup. Both of them have been pretty bad this season, not what you want. And that's kind of yeah. why they've been struggling so much. The the like the Mooties of the world, they're like kind of that headline player. They're going to be good every night, but they're those headline players. They're special. And I haven't seen a lot of Mootie stuff. And that's kind of how I know. Yeah, what, like the Dodgers have been struggling because if, if Mooty doesn't hit three home runs in a game at least once a month, something's wrong. Because that's it's just the normal for him. I have more I have more stats for you. More stats. Yes. Want to know how many runs? Guess what the bullpen ERA for the Dodgers Seven. is during this stretch. No, it's only 3.94. That doesn't seem too bad, right? Bullpen ERA, 17 games. 3.94. Not horrible. For a bullpen. Yeah, it's like it's nothing like blow you away like, oh, this team isn't bad, right? Yeah. You want to know what's really bad? They've what allowed really bad? 12 unearned runs in that stretch all from the extra inning rule. Oh, wow. So they're getting hosed in the extra innings. Yeah, so they're – which I feel like we've been seeing a lot of teams – like who is the team that's winning all these extra inning games? I don't know. Or Dodgers just, are 1-6 in, in extra innings this year. Yeah, and I know the Yankees haven't been great. I know the Red Sox have not been great in extra innings. Like maybe it's just those three teams have been taking the L's. But like who is mastering the, the sacrifice bunt pop fly? Because that's really all you have to do. And then good closer. For, exactly, and that's kind of the Dodgers' bullpen and timely hitting is not bad. There, they have twelve blown saves in thirty-two games this year. They're on pace for sixty-one blown saves this season. Not terrific, and we just saw a—I mean—a piece of their bullpen or even rotation go down in Dustin May. He's out for the yeah, season with he's, Tommy John. He's out for the season with Tommy John. Um, Zach McKintree had an oblique strain. Uh, David Price has a hamstring strain. Bruce Argraderall was out with forearm tightness. Edwin Rios. There's a lot of guys on this they're, team who are banged up. They're not the Dodgers. They're not the Dodgers that we know. I'll give them that um, because they've. I mean, they're about a 500 ball club right now, which is not is not the Dodgers that we thought. And really, they've been playing so bad. If they didn't start so good, would they start like 13 and two or something like 13 that? 13 and three. 13 and three. If they didn't start like that, this would be a horrible team. Well, you do have to keep in mind, I do think that a huge part of this is not only that Mookie Betts and Corey Seager are struggling, this Dodgers team would be fine if they weren't missing Cody Ballinger, Tony Gonsolin, Joe Kelly, like we said, Dustin May. A lot of guys are banged up on this team, obviously. But still, the way they've been playing is, I didn't think it was possible for the Dodgers to have a stretch like this. They have so much depth, they're just so deep that you think it's impossible but I think we've seen the opposite. Their their depth has been injured, so the pressure is kind of more put on those initial guys like Turner, Mooty, Muncie. Like, what can you do? And they've been slumping a little bit, as you said in the in the stats, we're a stat pod library gang, and it's just not not panning out. And but it's also tough because it is panning out because they're getting to extra innings. They just can't close the deal. They're like a bad salesman. So that's what gives me hope. If you're a Dodgers fan, do you like do you even you don't even touch the panic button. You haven't bought it yet at all. You're if you're any other baseball fan, you're just like the Dodgers are weak. They can be touched. They aren't undefeatable. And that is a big sign from this stretch. They are injured, yes. It does show me though that what coming into the season, if you told me the Dodgers won 120 games, I'd believe you. I thought they were truly untouchable. 
in the mm-hmm. sense of the word. Like they would define defy all expectations for a one sixty two regular season. Obviously, that's changed now. It shows you if you're the Padres or the Giants, you're just in the clubhouse, guys. Like, look, it can happen to them. They can lose. They're obviously still going to probably win the division and be one of the best teams in baseball. But does show me a lot. They're almost five hundred with thirty four games into the season. They could be five hundred with thirty four games played. Yeah, especially how hot they started. I don't think people would ever predict an April slump. To that's exactly. actually heading into May. But I, I would predict probably this month they just start playing really good again. We forget about them, and then all of a sudden they're like 60 and 20. And we're like, oh, okay, the Dodgers are back. So are we bad for only talking about the Dodgers when they're slumping? Yes. We're bad for a lot of reasons also. True. But, but I think we, we acknowledge that when the Dodgers are good, they're almost boring, kind of like the Mike Trout effect when you're just so good. We there's nothing to talk about because it's just it's fact. You've you've become you're in the dictionary. You're not in the the joke book. Ooh, I will say this is the most interesting I've been in the Dodgers in two years. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like people like people like talking about the bad stuff. I want to know how they fix it. I'm like, does Mookie Betts and Corey Seager just get red hot, or not? What carries his team? Or Justin Turner's been playing pretty good for them. They got Max Muncy is like one of the probably the best first baseman in the NL statistically right now. But still, they're not winning. So with Corey Seager and Mookie Betts get hard, do the other guys fall off? Does that solve your offensive problem? I'm so fascinated. It, it's weird because the Dodgers have a lineup full of guys that if one of them got hot, any of those guys could lead a team to victories. Like they, Mookie Betts could hit four home runs in a game at whenever he wants, and that's a win right there. But they've, I think, it's honestly, I think, just a weird stretch. They've gotten unlucky. They've gotten just beat by teams that have just played better than them. So I think I think they'll get out of it. I don't even know if there's a fix. I think they're just banged up and they've gone really unlucky. But we'll see what they can do. They got I pulled up their schedule. They got next two series at Angels for three games, and then they host the Mariners for two games. So that's up an opportunity to go five and zero, kind of turn it around. We'll see if they can. Angels do it. and Mariners aren't going to lie down. You're going to have to play good baseball. If they come yeah. out of that stretch five and zero, we're going to be like, oh, the Dodgers are back. It's not like they're beating up on the Tigers and the Rangers and teams like that. But yeah. They could very easily, if they're not careful, you know, drop some games in there. They got to play good baseball to beat those teams. Yeah, they've been struggling um, against the NL, so it'll be interesting to see going to some AL teams how they can perform. Maybe that gives them a little boost, which is also unfair. They pl- they play two AL teams that are right next to them. They don't even have to travel. That is unfair. Seattle, LA, what Yo, the hell? We'll have to get into how the AL and NL are constructed someday because how the hell are the Mets and Yankees in different leagues when they're literally next door? They're neighbors. They're exchanging recipes. It seems like the rule is if you have two teams in the same state, you got to make them different divisions just for fun, like the Cubs. Like, let's have, let's bring in the Hunger Games. There's 12 districts. You love to reference that movie. I do. The book, not the movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were a reader now. The movie was good. The movie was a solid film. What I actually do is I play the audiobook and then I mute the movie and I try to. Match <laughs> it <laughs> it's a very nuanced technique, but it's. I mean, it's the inner librarian of me coming out. That is so good. <laughs> you just pay for an Audible subscription purely to add subtitles to the movie. Yeah. Shout out Audible, sponsor our podcast. Please do, Audio Audible. Come on, sponsor us. I listen to you. Like, give me a free, give yeah. me some free subscriptions. Yeah, but Dodgers are struggling. It's weird to see. Like, okay, we had our preseason predictions. I had Dodgers, Astros. 
doesn't look too good after this weekend because the other series we got to get to is Yankees versus Astros. The first time since the trash can cheating scandal that the Astros visited New York and the Bronx. Jack is over there licking his lips, getting excited to go because a lot, ooh, don't like that because a lot <laughs> of things happen in this series. <laughs> Yankees take, did it take two out of three, right? Took two out of three from yes. the Astros. Stanton really just shoved the bat down the Astros' throat. Yeah, I said it. Altuve got booed. We got some F Altuve chance. A lot of cool signs and just a lot of good baseball. Good hatred baseball, Jack. It was interesting baseball. So this was my most hyped up series of like the whole year. Um, and I'll get to my final take on it. But main takeaways: Stan was on another level. The Yankees are playing good baseball, and I mean they take two out of three, as you said. And the one game they lose is when Cole's pitching. Like who who would have thunk that? How did Cole pitch? I'm gonna be honest. I didn't get to watch the final game. So, so I don't have his stats. I'm, I'm trying to find him. He gave up one run through six innings. Two and one run, the, seven innings pitched, gave up two dinners. The bullpen blew it. Yeah, the yeah. bullpen blew it for sure. Altuve gave a, had a, what, the go-ahead home run, free run home run, right? Yeah, the, it was kind of a story based around Altuve, which I'm not sure when that the scandal got centered around him. Weird, right? Isn't Correa more of like, I thought last year in the playoffs, it was like Correa's the guy. Like we hate Altuve's going through it. We all kind of feel bad for him at this point, but Correa is playing good. So like, yo, F Correa. Now Altuve's the guy. I think Altuve is the villain for the Yankees when Correa's the villain for the league because he's kind of the guy who had the quotes like, like, fight me, Bellinger. I'll like, come on, we'll fight on TMZ. And... Altuve was the guy who walked him off, beat the Yankees. So I think people have more hatred towards them. Um, maybe unwanted. I, I do kind of feel bad for Altuve. I really liked him before the scandal. And then seeing him make so many errors in the playoffs was kind of like, oh, what are we doing here? Um, but he did cheat. So that's to be taken granted for. But he did hit. He was struggling. He was getting the booze. He was getting the brunt of the crazy fans. Can we just talk about how the fact that sounded like a, a sold-out Yankee stadium? I think there was a quote by uh, maybe Gary Sanchez or maybe the uh, other Oh, Higashioka. Yeah, he was like, if this was sold out, if this was a full stadium, I wouldn't be able to hear tomorrow. I, like, my ears would just burst. Dude, it's insane. I just, I liked it because it was the first sign in, like, the past year that we had good, bad blood. Like, yo, these two teams don't like each other at all. They're both going to be here at the end of the season, and this is beautiful hatred. It was beautiful. It was beautiful hatred. And then, just to finish my point, because as we said, the ADHD podcast is rolling strong. Altuve ended up getting that game-winning home run. That was probably a nice end to the series. They did drop two out of three, but if you're an Astros fan, you probably liked seeing Altuve get that home run finally, so that was probably cool. But Yankees are looking good, and I think we just have to talk about Stanton again. He's on a different planet. He's on another level. It's making sense why he's just a heavily paid DH. Stanton is just a sign of this Yankee team. I think he embodies exactly what this Yankees team is. Freaky talented. When he's hot with the bat, there is not a hitter in the league. Don't forget why he got paid so much money. There's not a hitter in the league who can go toe-to-toe with John Carlos Stanton when he's fully healthy. Not only can he hit the ball 500 feet. What does he have? A hunt, The most... Uh, Balls batted at 115 miles per hour in a league by, like, 10 balls. He has, like, 17, and no other team has free balls. It's very unfair that the Yankees are the Yankees because they just get to have freaks of nature, as you said. Chapman throws 102 at the catcher, 
and Stanton protects the catcher and hits it to the outfield at like 120 every single at bat. It's insane. So when Stanton's at his peak performance, there is no denying he is one of the best, if not the best pure power hitter in baseball. And that's how I feel about yeah. the Yankees. When the Yankees are fully healthy and performing up to their capability, I think their lineup and their team as a whole can be one of, if not the best solo team in baseball. They have that talent. The thing is, it's never clicked with this like group of players. Judge has never been doing it for a full 162 at the same time Stanton's doing it for a full 162. It just hasn't happened. I don't think it's going to continue because just like go by Yankees history, someone always gets hurt. Something happens. It always happens. But Stanton right now, man, is you're a pitcher. I saw Luis Garcia was pitching game two to John Carlos Stanton. You are so scared to pitch to him. Terrified. And when he's slumping, you can kind of throw him anything and it's just swing is off. But when he's on, he has such a weird swing. Like you don't, he has such a weird stance. You don't even know what to, you just throw anything. And he just gets to it and swings. He he doesn't do launch angle, but he hits the ball the farthest in the lead. He swings like down. It's like soft piss, soft pitch, softball. Not soft piss, softball. That's what I do in the bathroom. Soft pitch, softball. He's, he goes like, and the ball, it's like stingers. He just hits Dude, stingers. His swing is just like, I am so strong. I don't need a leg kick. I don't need to pretend yeah. like I need to wind up. I can just stand here straight up. He swings like I swing. The only difference is he's hitting a ball 500 feet. Yeah. And he's like 6'3", 250 pure muscle. And maybe and you're, God. you're like 6'4", 260 pure muscle. So he's a little smaller than you. A little smaller. Yeah, give, come on, give yeah. me credit. It's not a stand-up pod. No one needs to know I'm short. It was, <laughs> it was crazy, though. One thing I took away, I feel like if you're a Yankees fan, you come out of it. If you look at the series as a whole, you're very happy. Stanton got hot. Monty had a good start. Uh, you won, you beat the Astros in the Bronx, two really good games. I feel like you're kind of disappointed, though, just a little bit. Because you had Cole on the mound going for the sweep. Feels like, yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm being a little pessimistic on that, but feels like you would want that sweep. Entering this conversation, I think we have to do the pledge of Red Sox allegiance. We are Red I am Sox a Red fans. Sox fan. We have Yankee bias, so take this with a grain of salt. But the sure. series as a whole was my most hyped up for the whole year, basically, which was my fault. And I don't think it lived up to expectations for me personally. They were I good agree. games, but Yankees took two out of three. No one got hit by a bat, which, I mean, is good. But also, like, I would love a little fight. I would love a little something. Hit by a bat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope bat, no. Whatever. Wow, that would have been a series to talk about. We're going to break out the rigs. That would have been something. That would have been really crazy. Yeah. Don't even, I mean, Stanton just turns around and smacks the catcher. That's horrifying, dude. I do agree. It did disappoint me. There wasn't as much um, extracurricular activity as I would have wanted. I think that is to be expected, though, because uh, the (laughs) Astros, I like that. Because the Astros, the team isn't really the 2017 team anymore. There's five players left on that team. They are the core, but they're not really that. So the beef, I see Yankees fans have more beef with the Astros than Yankees players do. I think the Yankees handled their business. They went, hey, man, we're just going to beat you on the field type of action. Also, the Yankees have enough kind of going on in their own sense to work through that I don't think they have the ability to start getting into that type of thing because they're trying to figure out, okay, we're getting hot now, guys. Let's keep it rolling. Let's not do any of this stuff. So, yeah, Red Sox bias. It was disappointing. Granted, I was rooting for the Astros, I must admit, just because, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan. But Yankees getting hot. We we pooped on them. Now they're the hottest team in baseball. So kind of how it goes. But we did say they were going to get hot. 
We did say, yeah, it was kind of bound to happen. And I think their offense is obviously doing well, but they're starting pitching. I think they it's still... It's been really good. It's been really good. I think they still have the best ERA of starters in the American League. So they've been pitching really well. Nothing like out of the ordinary other than Cole, but just everyone's been giving them like six like one run innings and it's like yeah the Yankees lineup is if they can get that they're gonna win the World Series the Yankees have the second best ERA as a team in 2021 they have a 3.01 ERA as a team so that is the Dodgers headed the Mets out of all these rotations that we ranked does it feel like 2021 to you does does no it feels like 2020 still I still want to say 2020 like when you just said like highest ERA in 2020 I was like yeah yeah it makes sense you could probably get away with it but I don't think the Yankees want to be 2020 anymore. They're happy it's 2021. That's They've true. turned the page. Yeah. A lot of good stuff going on there. So my final thoughts on this series, disappointing, um, but I've come to accept it because I had very high expectations. I'm looking forward now to the Astros-Dodgers series in a couple weeks. Well, you told me – one time you told me something that rang true of me, and it fits your personality so well. You told me you live your life looking forward to things, only to be disappointed. I do. So let me explain my philosophy. Here we go. <laughs> so I like to, I don't live my life to look forward to things to be disappointed per se. I, um, <laughs> I find comfort in having something to look forward to because you know that feeling when you finish something that you've been working towards or when you come home from a long, like fun day and you say, it's over now. And it's kind of a little like, huh, what, do I, what am I doing tomorrow? I hate that. So I like to always have something to look forward to always have something like in my it's just how my brain works i don't know but i love having something fun to look forward to gets you through the days you know no it's true it's uh it's called the what's next moment i mean you're like oh when is, like is that what it's called no it really is that's like what it's okay. called i remember because um the someone what's won next the super, i remember i read a book once yeah i read uh someone won the super bowl was like a player for the giants and uh they run the super bowl and he was just sitting in the locker room all sad and he goes well what's next like what when you cheese off things. So yeah, you want to know who else is probably feeling that moment? John Means. After he achieved, what a transition, Audible. Sponsor me. John (laughs) Means with the no-hitter, the third no-hitter of the 2021 baseball season. Could have been the fourth if uh, they listened to our sport core appeal and gave Mad Bum his no-hitter. But John Mm. Means goes nine innings, ten strikeouts, zero walks. He no-hits the Seattle Mariners. Doesn't walk a guy. Doesn't hit a guy. Wait a minute, Jack. Shouldn't that be a perfect game? 27 up, 27 down? It was 27 up, 27 down, but he faced 28 batters because there was a dropped third strike from Pedro Severino. So he got the K. He recorded the out. It's not an error. It's not a hit. It's not a walk. It's not hit by pitch. It's not anything. But there's a runner on first because it was a dropped third strike. Someone's got to explain to me how this is not a perfect game. I'm sorry. Well, first off, John, claps for John Means. You were mean to the Mariners. It's great. We've seen all the puns. You were – John Means is – his story is really cool. He's third season in MLB now. He goes from, like, highly touted prospect to all-star to no-hitter. It's, his progression as a whole is awesome. He was dominant mm-hmm. in this game. His changeup is gross. His fastball command is also nuts. The, getting no-hit by the Orioles seems like something we would dish out in a sport court as punishment. Like, I don't know how that happens if you're the Mariners. You're very sad. But good for means. He's like the one bright spot if you're a Baltimore fan the past couple of years. But the fact that that's not a perfect game makes me so sad. It is sad, especially because it happened in the third inning. And then, he like, 
he was probably never thinking that that was the one that got away. The catcher was just like, ah, that sucks. But the Mariners obviously aren't doing anything today on offense. And then at just the eighth inning, you had a no-hitter go, and it's like, oh, that could have been the perfect game. And it's the second time we've seen a perfect game be like a couple inches off. You want to know why it should be a perfect game? Because MLB TV has it listed as a perfect game all the way into the ninth inning. Nobody knew what it was. Everyone was like, is this a perfect game? Is this a no-hitter? I don't know. You don't know. So let's – I just – if you're not going to rule that play as an error – by the way, just – can we abolish the drop surge strike rule in baseball? It is my least favorite rule. You came at me with this take, and I think as someone who played baseball all my life, it's it's like startling to think about. But the more I hear it, it's like it is one of the weirder rules. Why is it a thing? Someone so if you so if you're a hitter, you go up there, you get free strikes. That's the rule. Nobody's on. Nobody's on first base. You swing and miss on strike two on a ball in the dirt that you completely missed, you can't run to first base. But when you're out on strike three on a ball in the dirt, you can now, after you used all three strikes and had really bad plate discipline and missed a ball in the dirt, you can now get an opportunity to run down the first base. Why? So let's break it down. Let's break it down from a fundamental standpoint. Shout out it's to Tim stupid. Murphy. <laughs> I th- it's a checks and balance for the pitcher's accuracy, so you can't just throw balls in the dirt. I think I, great, I think that's what it's supposed to be. I have a great idea. Don't swing at the ball in the dirt. Now I'm not an MLB uh, hitter, so I I can't yeah. sit here and talk. We all know that. Like I'm not saying it's easy to see an MLB hitter or a MLB pitcher, but if the ball is in the dirt. And you swing at it. You should not get the opportunity to take a jog down the first. It is weird. Yes, maybe it's more of a check on the catcher. Because if you just block it, it's a pretty easy. And most, you just tag them. I think what they should do is the runner has to make it to second. So it's more of a close play. So you just got to really haul. I'm into that. Here's my other idea. If you're going to keep it, which fine, Robert, Robert, you don't listen to me. I see how it is. You got to make it something. Because it's a black hole. What is it? It's not an, it's not an error. It is. It's not a walk. It's nothing. So that should have been a perfect game because his stat sheet is perfect. So if you're not going to make it like count as something, you can't just say it's a wild pitch and then a runner reaches on what? A r- wild pitch? That's not. How does that work? So it is. I don't think it should be a perfect game because a perfect game is everyone has to play perfect. It's not as much of a... It's less of a pitcher achievement, more of a team achievement. Well, the no-hitter is the pitcher achievement, which he got. I mean, it's still a no-hitter. But I do think it is the black It's the black hole of baseball. There's literally no... They didn't even know. Like, people don't know what it is. It's not... It, I think it should be either marked as a... Um, oh, no, I, I guess it would have to be an error on the catcher. would be the only thing to make it not a perfect game officially. So maybe we do that. That's that's and that's unfair to the catcher because why are we doing yeah. this? Like why are we just giving him an extra error? So yeah, in my opinion, that's a perfect game. Robert Manfred, please appeal this and make it it's, a perfect game, which you won't, but it's a nice reminder that baseball has the most complicated rules in sports. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's it, I'm happy that it happened this way. I do think though, whoever this is a black hole in the rule book, like nobody ever thought that this would come up. It's the first time in MLB history it's come up. So when this yeah. happened, you know 
everybody in the MLB office was like, oh, please don't. Please have you walk somebody. Please yeah. give – I don't. we don't want to deal with this. You know that happened. Yeah, they were calling up Neil deGrasse Tyson being like, how do we deal with this black hole? Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then it happened. I, I think they – they won't do anything about it. They probably don't need to. It's probably just like when will give it a again. couple days and it'll go by. Yeah, and then it won't go by. But it, it was it was it was a crazy, crazy way to end a no hitter. Especially looking back to that third inning, just that couple inches. If it just bounced up and he blocked it, that's a perfect game right there. But also butterfly effect. But butterfly effect. But also going outwards a little bit. We've had four no hitters. Should have been three official ones. And they've three of them have had like extreme controversy around them, which is, I guess that's kind of always what happens. But it feels like it's been extremely controversial lately. I agree, dude. It's kind of wild. Also, just move the mound back. We got to do something because the pitchers are just shoving yeah. right now, dude. How many how many no hitters are we gonna have this year? Yeah, we can talk about that a little bit. The the hitters in the league league wide in both um, in the AL and NL are recording the lowest batting averages, like highest strikeout percentages, everything, highest K percentages on the pitcher's end, the pitchers are just dominating so far. And, I mean, there's a few things, that there's like a few things that could be brought into effect here. You deaden the balls. I don't know if that's even it. Maybe, like, the pitcher's arms are fresher. I don't, it doesn't really make sense for me. It's easier to blame it on the deadened balls, but pitchers are definitely dominating so far. I'm excited to see how it looks after the full season because it could just be like weird starts of the season. But right now, yeah. it, it looks concerning. And hit, if you're a hitter, you need to go up to the plate with your caution sign on entirely. And we had a hitter who forgot to turn his caution lights on, and I'm here to inform him because Jock Peterson, in that series where the Cubs swept the Dodgers, walked up to the plate, extra innings, two men on. He's feeling himself. You know, he's doing, getting himself nice and loose, and he hits the ball. It's a deep drive to right field. As soon as it left the bat, Jock Peterson turns to his dugout. The classic walk-off celebration. Bat drops. Grabs his cup a little bit. A little bit of a cup grab. Goes little, to first and wait. Little jock strap action. Little jock. Ooh. Goes to first and guess what? It's a fly-up. The fly-up. Middle of the warning track. Not Middle. really a chance. Not close. It was one of those balls where Mookie Betts was like, oh, I got it. Now, I have two scenarios. Number one, Jock Peterson knew it wasn't going out the entire time and was trying to distract mm -hmm. Mookie Betts. Number two, Fair. probably the more likely scenario, he thought it was out and it wasn't. Now, I have a message, a PSA to all people in the world. We've been, me and you, we are leaders of the bat flip movement. We love the yep. bat flip. But, Kids around the world, if you're watching, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, if you're going to bat flip and you're going to off the bat, like not even look at it, not even see if it goes out. If you're going to do a dramatic bat flip, you got to be positive that ball's getting out. Can I play Jock Peterson's defense attorney real quick? Go for it. So, hey, Jock Peterson's defense attorney here again. I do think there's a chance that you can play it off you can bat flip it, but also run. Like, he pimped it and then just didn't even run because he thought it was gone. I think there's a middle ground where you can start, like, start jogging at least. Because even if that, like, that could have dropped for a double and, like, he might have got thrown out at second because he just pimped it so hard. So there is some some fault on his end, which I don't think Lars is supposed to say that, but, you know, we're done Yeah, you're not doing a good job defending yeah. Jock over there. 
I'm on the prosecution now. I'm, I'm doing a little switch up. <laughs> um, the other thing is Jock Peterson's defense attorney here again. It did tie the game. It was a t- t- game-tying sacrifice fly. So he probably went into the dugout being like, it's slightly embarrassing, but I also just tied the game. You, He did. It's true. And, like, I'm not mad at him. Like, I'm not like, oh, Chuck Peterson pimped a fly ball. How dare he? Like, I'm not, I'm not Chris Mad Dog Russo getting on MLB Network right now firing off yeah, all these hot drop. takes. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. But I will say, it's just a caution. If you're gonna if you're gonna pimp it, because if, if that goes out, that's a sports center moment right there. Jock Peterson oh, bat yeah. drops Terry to It's awesome. But just be careful, kids, when you're going up there, if you're gonna try to hit a home run, you could be embarrassed if you fail. So I think the ethical question here is would we rather have people not bat flip out of fear, even when they know it's a home run, they're like, Oh, maybe it won't get out, I'm not gonna bat flip, or would we rather see too many pre bat pre-flips i think there's a fine middle ground if you're gonna no look the ball steph curry style Mm -hmm. you gotta know that's out like that's on you because that's a bold move if you're gonna no look it like jock did you gotta know that's balls out if you're gonna do if you're gonna watch it you can bat flip as soon as that as soon as you see oh that's out you bat flip you just get like tatis kind of does that a lot he'll like do a couple steps down the line and then he does his bat flip. You just make sure you see that it's gone. Get your footing on the order. Be like, all right, now I'm going to do a pinwheel. Maybe a little bit of a muscle fle- muscle flex. A little bit of a dab. That's what you do. You just got to make sure it's out. So is it a, like a scientific like, ob- observation? Or is it a passion play? Like do you have to – because if you connect on the barrel and you think it's out and you just get hyped and then flip it, I really can't blame the guy. I can't – I'm not mad at him either, but – if you're going to no-look it, dude, because if you're looking at that ball, you are you know it's not out. Because if Jock saw that, he's like, oh, that's a pop-out. But, like, if Steph Curry no-looks a three-pointer and misses it, we're going to be like, that's, that's not a good look. It is the baseball equivalent of an air ball. What Jack Peterson did was it it was it's like airballing air a free throw. It is. Like, it's a tough moment. So, Jock, you know, you're going to go for it, and I respect that. But if you're going to go for it, you got to hit it. So go next time, man. I want you to crush it. I want you to do the exact same thing, and I hope that ball gets out for you because he played it like a good yeah. sport, though. The only thing that saved him, I think, from intense ridicule is that they tied the game and then they won it. 100%. So If that was an out it, to lose the game. Yeah, it, it kind of worked out. It did. It did. But it's not too bad, Jock. I, I, I want to see you get back out there. I want to see you do it again. Another guy I need to see do, get back out there and do it, man, because I'm kind of sad. This was sad news. Came out of nowhere. Speaking of Pujols. I was setting you up for that. Sp- speaking of him. <laughs> <laughs> Albert My trans- Pujols. I had, to, I had the transition set up. I, did I not nail it? Oh, no, I'm upset with you. Go ahead, fine. I nailed it. I nailed it. Albert Pujols. Pujols. I'm going to need you to deduct his pay. Five cents yeah, Wilson, right now. Go. Wilson, uh, Wilson, cut Lorenzo out of this video. Cut, cut, cut the cut right now. Cut. Don't, don't keep running. <laughs> Albert Pujols got designated for free agency today by the Angels. Day of recording. It was pretty shocking. A weird reaction from the baseball community. Kind of uh, like, well, he had a great career. Is, is his career over? Are the, is the Cardinals going to sign him? I have two questions for you about this disaster. I'm not going to let you talk at all. You're just going to have to answer me. How upset are you at the Angels? Because I saw people being like, great career. Or I saw people being like, that's kind of a classless move for the organization. Depends. I'm If 
Pujols was like, okay, I'm going to go sign with contender. Double thumbs up. Good job. Great work. Mm-hmm. If Pujols goes on to not sign with anybody because nobody wants him, big sad. I'm very upset. And so it might I be big sad. I'm If the Angels cut him without talking to him or like coming to an agreement that you already have another team lined up, I think it's kind of a kind of a dick move. It's it feels weird just because the Angel, yeah the Angels signed him for two hundred fifty million dollars for ten years. Hasn't really been good for that final five years at all. For just being frank, and he's so slow. He's like crazy slow. Like he's like it's either a home run or a single. Like it's literally what it is. And so I get it. But it's also, he's such a legend of the game. You signed him. Like, for people who are a little older than us, because we didn't really grow up watching pools, like, legendary on the Cardinals. We were a little too young. It's like if Mike Trout, in his final years with the Angels, they're like, eh, go to the minor leagues. It's like, no, he was your guy. He was your guy for so long. So, it's t- I see both sides of it. It's, it's really tough. Because it is a business. You want to try to make the playoffs this year for the Angels. It's like, I just want to know... Why would you you wrote it out this long? Just wait till the last hundred last yeah, like, season. Like realistically, you could have cut him like two years ago. You could have if you were gonna cut him. Why didn't you cut him last year? Yeah, I, it's probably just a pay thing because they're only gonna have to pay him what like twenty million this year, and they're just like, yeah, we'll we'll eat that. It's fine. I, I don't know. I think it's kind of a weasel move. Perry, we gotta talk to our man Perry over there. Someone, Perry you want to know what happened? Someone. He probably got cut from his sailing team, and he's all upset. Yeah. And Pools made a joke like, "Haha, you sail," and he was like, "All right, you want to? I want to do to you." you think it's <laughs> I'm, personal? I'm gonna take it down. I do. I think it's a personal vendetta. He he was like, "Ayo, hey, Perry, why are you named after a platypus?" And he was oh, like, and, oh, and immediately he was DF. Cut. Mike Trout is getting traded next week if he makes one joke about his boat. He's like, "Why yeah. do you name your boat boat?" And he's like, "How dare you!" <laughs> Mike Trout comes up and he's like, uh, do you really think David Boat E was the best name for your boat? And Perry's like, get out of my office, get out of my office. You don't office. even know the what the Atlantic Ocean is. <laughs> just yeah. gets upset. That's wild. Um, my next question, how long was the over-under until he's hired as a hitting coach in the MLB? Ooh. Hey, I thought you were going to go hitting coach for the Angels. Hitting coach in the MLB, I give it. Yeah. I don't know, actually. Is Albert somebody who would want to – I feel like he's like he's going to go sit on a beach somewhere and just like crush some like brewskis. So, yeah, so you could either go, like, next year, maybe he takes the Mets position this year, or he maybe goes, sips on some Coronas in the Bahamas for 10 years, and then comes back, kind of like Manny Ramirez style. I think he goes Manny Ramirez style. I think Albert's going to take a little bit out of, the, like, the limelight. I think he's going to go away so, for a little bit. let's set the line at six and a half. I say post-Hall of Fame induction. So over? So over. He's got to be inducted, and then he'll come back. Okay. Yeah, that seems fair. I say he's gonna wait it out. He's gonna enjoy this, you know. He'll come back then. Like we'll be like, oh, we haven't seen Albert Pools in like four years, man. I wonder what he's up to. Yeah. Come back to the Hall of Fame, like yo, give me my that gold jacket, and yeah. then I'll be like, I'm gonna go ahead and coach. I will say it is weird how the Angels treated it because I think they the, the Cardinals wouldn't have treated him like this. The Cardinals no would have been like, do you want to be a player coach, like something like that? And the Angels, they signed him. They didn't really get what they wanted. I mean, they didn't really make any runs for signing Albert Pujols. And then, so it's like, there's no, there's not as much emotional attachment. I think if he retired a Cardinal, it would have been a lot different. 
I think it just kind of reflects on something you wanted to get to, just the Angels' decision-making as a whole, and how's it run as a franchise? Yeah, so we're going to play a little game here. We're going to be the judicial system of of the Angels' franchise. So the Angels have had some very questionable decision-making. They've switched up their um, top front office a few times. Now it seems like they maybe know what they're doing, possibly, but another questionable move, as always. So we're going to balance... As we've been talking a lot about this episode, it's a very balanced podcast. The good and the bad, and kind of try to make a final ruling on, are the Angels competent or not? As Vine, as the young kids would say. Or not. Let's find out. So so the first good move I think they made, and you can add on any if I forgot any, is signing Mike Trout for life. I think that's a pretty safe move. Good job, Perry. Yeah. Good job, Perry. We're proud of you. Good I will say, though, they gave him a contract that I would have given to, like, my rookie prospect in MLB The Show who just wanted to sign for fun. I would have been like, ah, I take 10 years, $500 yeah. million. They gave him a pretty decent paycheck. Not as much as we're making, but pretty good. Yeah, number 11 baseball podcast in the world. How yeah, do you think? I mean, come on. Yo, do you know how many free cookies I can get now? <laughs> yeah. Shout out the Girl Scouts. <laughs> they also recruited Otani to LA, which he was... No one really expected that. They were like, oh, he's going to go to, like, the Dodgers or the Yankees. And he went to the Angels, and he's been a fun story there. He's now leads the league in homers. As we're recording this, he just hit his 10th, so ties the lead leader in Acuna. He's mashing, and he's also pitching decent. So that's been fun. So I think that's a safe That's a safe move. Good, good job, Perry. That's two in a row. Now we get to the bad. They designated the legend... Of Albert Pujols, kind of were like, bye-bye. Unless something comes out in the next few days where it's like he's hurt or something, that will save them, but kind of rough. They did the the criminal offense of letting Cole Calhoun go. Who this is, is the, the number best. one criminal offense on this list. This is He's so thick. He's so amazing. How do you let him go to the D-backs and just pop dinghies for a living? Like, stay, hold on to your mans. Apologize, Perry. I need a public yeah. apology. That's rough. They also signed Rendon when they kind of desperately needed pitching. This, I think, is a good and bad move. It was a good signing, but also they gave Rendon a fat contract. It kind of loads their Rendon-Trout lineup, but the rest of their team, as I said before, it's kind of like a bad uh, bad sitcom. They got the two stars, three stars, but maybe they could have, I mean, I think getting a good pitcher might have been a little more beneficial for this team's playoff chances. How do you weigh in on that? I think we're coming to a conclusion about Perry. I think he has expensive taste. Like, he goes to a restaurant and he goes, Gucci. What is your most expensive thing? I want that. Because, like, Rendon was not a need. Like, they was a need. Anybody needs an Anthony Rendon on their team. But the Angels could have gone with two really good players and, like, made up the rest of their roster. Instead, they paid out the highest free agent to Anthony Rendon. I'm going to go bad signing. Not because Anthony Rendon's a bad player, because he's a great player. Just didn't seem like what they needed at the time. Yeah, it seemed like just sign two good starting pitchers, and then your team is probably better than having... I mean, they have arguably the best third baseman, and then they definitely have the best outfielder in the game, so that's a good start. They're relevant-ish. They've been playing okay, but their their team building seems a little weird to make that $300 million signing in 2019. I'm telling you. Perry loves MLB The Show. That's how he builds his team. Yeah, he, he just goes on, on sim mode and just goes for it. The next one, 2020, after the 2020 season, pitching week for sure. Then in the offseason, a lot of pitches were available for trade, for signing. 
The biggest pitching signing they make is Jose Quintana, who currently has like a 9 ERA. Bad signing. We knew this was bad. If this was like, oh, we didn't get Trevor Bauer, we're, we need to get some guys, like right now. Yeah, and I don't even want to blame it on Quintana. Like, he's doing his thing, whatever. But, like, how is that the dude you sign? Like, this team doesn't have an ace. They don't have a number two. They don't have a number three. They need a lot of dudes. And I just they have Otani. But he's, I mean, who? it's kind of a mixed bag with the pitching. So, they. I mean, to get Quintana and just leave this team, it's like, that was a little weird, I think. And in the bullpen, too. It's just bad, bad signing. Not good. And the last criminal offense they have is to be called the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Can we just cut that off? Why of? If there is an of in your name, you know you got to get rid of it, man. All of these not belong in a sports team name. What are you doing, bro? Yeah, that's like the like Duke Earl of Ellington. Like It's for a <laughs> British leader's name. It's not for a, a baseball team. If you don't have the fifth in your name, you are not allowed to have of. Yes. Like Duke you have to Wellington, at least the be fifth. a third. At least a third. At least a third. If you're a third, I'm giving you a look. But I'm not saying anything. Past the third, you're good. Yeah. What you're an English major. What is what is of? Is that a adverb? Dude, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm an English major and I could not tell you what an adverb is. <laughs> I don't I have no idea what it is. My teacher writes up on my paper, yo, does a comma splice, and I want to be like, yo, my guy. I don't know what that means. Yeah, we're yeah. If we're just being real, that's how you respond. I mean, come on. If we're just being real, if we're if I'm keeping it one hundred with you right now, sir, keep it a hundred. Yeah. So, whatever word of is, I think those should be abandoned from sports teams' names. Yeah, dude, I cannot agree more. My, I'm embarrassed to tell my English teacher that I'm going to graduate in a year as an English major, and that if he asked me what a preposition was, I'd be like, I gotta go. My mom. That's my mom. I mean, She's calling me. Is that your fault, though, because preposition and proposition are so similar? I think you'd have passed. I take zero responsibility for the current state it's of It's not your brain. fault. It's really not your fault. Right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, another thing we have to get to is our Twins update. We promised the fans two weeks ago. Oh, we did do twins, a Twins update. The Twins were big slumping. They were. Big slumping. So we said in a week, we're going to check in. It has been a week, and they have gone. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Perry, what are you doing here, Menison? Four and seven since we talked about them last. Not not what I was hoping to see. When I said let's do a twins update, I was hoping to see seven and four. Twins got hot. They banged a little bit. Now yeah. I'm a little sad. They 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 just dropped three in a row to the Rangers. They took one out of four in that whole series of four game set. The Rangers have been kinda hot, but they did I mean they ended the week. Uh, in our, our podcast schedule week, losing three in a row. They're four and seven. I think we don't press the panic button anymore, but we're hovering. We're still hovering over the panic button. They got a little bit better, but still they're not playing. Buxton is killing it, but what is this team? We we don't really know still. I'm starting to not press the panic button because I'm about to press the bad button. Ooh. Like, I, I think the panic button's beginning to get out of play. I think we've already panicked. Like, and we've gone through that phase of like, oh, I'm worried this team. I think we're getting close to the bad button, man. We're coming up on 40 games played. Well, we we said what? They got to they gotta have a great May. And not, start, not a hot start, man. Yeah, haven't had a great May so far. They got to really get rolling. And I think, I mean, they don't have 
Maeda, he, he's been struggling. They don't have that ace, which they've been missing for years. He was their ace last year. Doesn't seem like he's going to be like it this year so far. And then that just makes me further question, like, what is this team? Is this... You, I don't think you can, right now at least, say this team is a threat to win the World Series. Because it's like, what is their pitching? Their lineup isn't working. I mean, Byron Buxton's killing it, but that's really it. I say we do one more Twins update next week. And if we come okay. back and they don't have above 500, bad button, we're out. They have to have... We're, are we saying they have to go really good or just have at least an they above 500 week? over 500. Okay. At least over 500. From Friday to next Friday. Yeah. If I come back next Friday and they are under 500, I'm pressing the bad button. I'm going to go buy a Staples button. Say, ooh, that was easy. We're done. Yeah, we're bad. Okay. We're done out on Twins. We'll do one Fair. more Twins update because I'm still interested. We are interested. Another player I'm interested in is Nick Solak. And people asked us in our in our TikTok and stuff, we got Ice Baseball, go follow it. In our live streams twice a day, go follow it. That... Who's who's the underrated player of the league? And I think my answer might be Nick Solak now. Second oh, baseman for the Rangers. Not a lot of people really know who he is. And he's just a little second baseman with some pop. He, he's just telling it out there. And it's just a fun name that I think you can bring up if you're talking to people who think they know baseball, but like you're trying to one-up them. And you're like, oh, do you know who Nick Solak is? I think a lot of people say no. So that is my word of advice to you. Yeah, third year in the league, 853 OPS on the season, 286 batting average at an overall weak position, second base. Like, who's yeah. second base seven in baseball dingers. not popping right now? Popping dingers, seven dingers, like you said, 15 RBIs, couple stolen bags, too. Like that, dude. Got to get that K percentage down a little bit, but other than that, he's kind of doing a damn thing. Yeah, and on the Rangers, too. So, Nick Solak and Brock Holt, two traditional second basemen, are doing damage for the, for the Rangers. One more fun stat for my nerds out there. 1.2 war on the season for Nick Solak. How about that? Yeah, we like that. It's a we good like pick. A I like that a lot, actually. That's a that's a good deep cut. Another deep cut we got to get to, man. Not really a deep cut on anymore because after this play, Yanoa of the Braves hit a grand salami. And oh, in case you forgot, he's a pitcher. Yeah, Enoa. I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but we'll call him Enoa. He is a pitcher, starting pitcher for the Braves, and he has hit two home two home runs this season. This week, he hit a grand slam against the Nats. So first, we'll talk about the bad. If you're the Nats, you just gave up a grand slam to a pitcher. Not you're great, not, you're especially. Not happy. I think you lost that game six to three. So four of those runs was a grand slam from the pitcher. Not a great day in the office. Awkward bus ride home for sure. He, you you know what? Just put you in his book, and you're sad about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in his book is probably it's like a a small novel. It's it's a, it's a note story. app on his phone. Let's be it's a note app, and you're, t- I mean, you're on a grand slam off you. It's rough. It's rough. You're on and his highlight reel forever. Also, this week Dylan Cease in his batting debut went three for three and also shoved. Gross. So it was a great, great hitting week for pitchers. So I'm gonna propose a little game to you. We're gonna Ooh. pretend that the home run derby's canceled. Never happened again. They come out with the pitcher's home run derby. There's going to be three each, and we're going to draft them. I love drafting, so let's do yeah. this. So I have my I have my draft board pulled up. So let's get into it. I got my draft board it. pulled up too. So who do you want the first pick, or you want this? What, what what pick do you want here? Um, I say we do. Let's do a rock paper scissors. 
Ooh, okay. All right, let's do this. You ready? Ready? Rock, paper. <laughs> there's a wait, There's a delay while we record this, so this is going to be really hard. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> no. no, okay, you go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, I felt like we were both having a stroke. I, I've had a stroke. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, all right. So, number one overall pick... I'm coming out hot. I'm taking Zach Granke. He's dropped okay. the personality. He rakes, and he's just so fun and weird. I think he, if he wants to hit a home run, I think he really can at any time. He is Thanos, I'm pretty sure. Ooh, okay, I like this pick. I like How much pop does he have, though? Um, Not probably the most, but I think for some... Like, you look at Granke, and you're like, pitcher, for sure. And even then, it's like... You're throwing Ephesus. And he is a good hitter. He's a good lifetime hitter. So I think it's a personality pick. It's a passion pick. But it's also, I think it's based in stats. All right. That's fair. I'm going to go. I got the wraparound pick now. So I'm going to go with kind of an off the board one, too. Number one on my draft board. Go give me Jake Arrieta. Good pick. All-time leader or active leader in pitcher uh, triples. So he's hit the most Mm. triples by an active pitcher with four of them. So a guy can run. He can hit. He's got some pop, too. Six regular season dingers. So give me Jake Arrieta. Also, kind of revitalized with the Cubs right now. Got that man beard going on. Just is raking. I'm into it. I like that. All right, and you get the, the next pick, too. So I could go with the obvious pick here, or I could go with my heart. See, I could pick one that's going to play, or I could just go with one that I really want to take. It's up to you. I'm going to go Mad Bum. I'm going to go with the easy pick here. Got to go yeah. Mad Bum. Guy absolutely rakes in his career. He's taken Clayton Kershaw deep twice. He's taken your guy, Zach Ranke, deep twice. The Jacob DeGrom, Ryu, Bassett, all of them have been gone. He has seven of the hardest hit balls by the pitcher out of 15. Seven of the 15 hardest hit balls by a pitcher in StatCast history. Man, just lighten it up. So give me that. Yeah, Mad Bum, Mad Bum is crazy. He's a crazy good hitter. It, I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah, so he's like an actual hitter, just also happens to pitch. So Yeah. So give me him. Yeah. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. For my second overall pick, I'm gonna go because now I think I'm a little bit behind. I think I have to go Otani. Because he's currently leading the league in homers. This is the easiest pick. Don't have to explain it, but I just gotta get a number on the board. You were you needed that pick because yeah. if Otani fell to me and I got Mad Bum and Otani. It's game over. The draft is mine. Like I've won yeah. the draft. So now I'm thinking, do I go? I'm gonna go passion. I think I gotta go passion pick here. So I really want to go with this one guy, but I know that people will be like, "Why would you pick him?" But I'd say I say go for it. I'll I'll go passion pick too. I want Johnny Cueto because did you see how he swung? I think he can be better. I think he's Mm -hmm. holding it back. There's something in the tank that he doesn't want to show us. So I, even if he's bad, I just want to see Johnny Cueto up there taking swings. I think he should do the the weird little like his little shimmy thing at Hezzy? the plate. Ooh, the hezzy at the plate. He he goes like a big swing, then he's like, ooh, bunt. Too much. <laughs> see, I just want to see him at the plate. It'd be joy just to watch him. So I'm going Cueto here. Not the I've, I'm confident with my other two hitters that he can have a fun yeah. time and I'll still be okay. So what is your final your final draft? So my final uh, draft is Madison Bumgardner, Jake Arrieta, and um, 
Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto. It's pretty good. Okay, so I have Granky and Otani so far. It's do I go passion or the smart pick? I'm kind of I'm conflicted to you. too. You're, you're losing in the draft, so you might want to go smart pick. I'm gonna go smart pick. I or decent pick. I'm gonna go Enoa. He's the rising star. He just hit a grand slam. He's two dingers on the season. No one knows his name. I think I'm guessing he can emerge as the next best hitting pitcher. And that's kind of my goal. Some other guys on my board who I wanted to go with were Trevor Bauer, just for fun, because he's going to do the imitations and have some fun with that. Or um, Michael Lorenzen. He was on my board. Too. He was yeah. on my board, too. He was he was the smart pick that I was going to go with. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? Feels right that he didn't go undrafted since he sparked this game. So yeah. I, I really think you could have had a better first pick then I, I get the Granky pick. It's a good pick. I don't know if he's going to move the needle for many people. Yeah, I, I probably should have gone Mad Bum, but I kind of went um, for fun over anything, especially because now he plays in the AL, so he's not going to get any more hitting chances. But I just I felt like who like who I want to see at plate at the plate. It's Granky. Like he's such a he's like Bulbasaur. I've, yeah, value wise, I wasn't gonna take Granky, so I think you could have gotten him in a third round. So you could have. I could have, yeah. You could have secured Madbum, but I like your team. It's a good draft. Realistically, if I could have gone Madbum, Kershaw, Granky, and kind of swept the table, but I think we both we both went like with for passion picks, and it, both we have both great teams, and I hope to see them match up in the pitchers home run derby one day. So comment down below who has the better team. Jack, give us your full team again, so people know. I had. Granky, Shohei Otani, Showtime, and who did I take last? Oh, Enoa. <laughs> I always forget to. I had Jake Arietta, <laughs> Madison Bumgarner, and then the legend himself, Johnny Cueto, in our home run derby. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that, that was a fun draft. And looking at the runtime, this was a pretty solid episode so far. Do we end it with a little thank you and a little story time? And then say so long till um, Tuesday? Hmm. Do we do we want to do any rankings this week, or we want to pass? Save it for Tuesday. I think we save it. I think. The, All right, think we'll save it for Tuesday. Let's do a little thank you. Yeah. This week we hit a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, and we also are started charting for Apple Podcast. Re, well, not reviews, just listens in general. We are the eleventh pop, most popular podcast. So if you're still listening now. We thank you so much. We appreciate all the support. And on TikTok, I know a lot of you from are from TikTok. We appreciate your support so much. We go live a bunch. You guys are always in the chat. You warm our hearts. And we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our livers. Yeah, I, I, I went on. Uh, we looked at our like ranking on Apple Podcasts. Sometimes I'll do. I don't like to look often, but sometimes I'll look. And to see us, we got iced at number 11 baseball podcast in the world behind above like the chris rose rotation behind like just behind like section 10 podcast podcast that mm-hmm. i know i'm a huge fan of people that i've become a huge fan of in this industry that's like the whole reason we want to do it. and the fact that you guys give a crap about us just talking about the game we love just we just sit here and just talk baseball and you guys care unreal unreal so thank yeah. you hundred thousand of you sickos just following us is insane yeah, we, we feel very honored because, re- I mean, we don't do a bunch of besi- behind-the-scenes talk, or maybe maybe we do, I don't know. But we're just sitting in our bedrooms, just talking about baseball, having fun. We don't have, like, it's just us. We run this whole thing. And to see us with these people that have, like, employees, hundreds of people working on this 
these networks we're kind of up there it's it's very it's very um nice to see and we just appreciate you guys so much for listening because frankly we're idiots we are very dumb and that's the coolest part is like there is no what you guys see is this is it it's just me and jack this is how it started and this is how we're going to try to keep it for as long as we can it's just me and jack talking into a microphone talking about baseball everything that happens on all of our social medias it's just me and jack and then producer wilson we just brought him on board he's been helping out with the editing lately yeah. but he's a little bit slow you know he, he always gets he our keeps, laptops wet yeah he keeps spilling water on the laptop you still might joke i'm above you bro i'm above you um i do want to do we're gonna post this on a tiktok but i think people would be interested in this i want to do a little quick rundown of our origin story I would As a love little thank you. And the pot. How, you want to start it off or you want me to start it off? Yeah, I'll start it off. So we met freshman year of college. We go to a small public school in Massachusetts. Shout out the na- uh, the Native Americans, the Native peoples. <laughs> and they were a tribe. That's what Massachusetts comes from. History lesson. And we walked into a math class. I thought Lorenzo was weird at first because he was answering the teacher's questions because he was homeschooled. And I was like, what are you doing? Do you not know you're supposed to not talk? And he was like, I know the answer because I'm smart. And I was like, come on, this dude. <laughs> and then uh, we met through mutual friends. We started talking sports. And then we started a radio show eventually down the line called Sports with Jack and the Other Guys. I don't even have an ego. It's it's not. It's, I don't. Yeah, so, yes, Jack has always stolen the limelight. Even now, he still doesn't re- remain to pay me. I just want money, mm-hmm. but he refuses. So, Sports with Jack and the mm-hmm. other guys went on for about two years. I remember the first time Jack started doing these, like, weird, funny graphic designs of, like, oh, Tom Brady is an angel. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I was so proud of him. I was like, this is awesome. And, like, we just started doing that for fun. And it got stopped because of COVID. And it really, like, broke my heart. Because one of my favorite things to do was to go into radio station every week and be like, who, what MOV player is a Star Wars character? And we would just sit there and yeah. talk about it for two hours. It really, I mean, our sophomore year, it was of college, we watched the World Series that year, the Nationals Astros World Series on like a projector in our in our dorm. We like learned to just moved in. We were having fun talking sports all the time, just talking like Red Sox offseason stuff, just stuff that we now talk about on the air to you guys. So it came full circle and which we're grateful we can do. And then the Pandy Wandy hit and we we're just like, what are we going to do now? And we just sat in our rooms playing video games for way, way too long. Far too I, long. I was melting. I was melting into my chair a little bit. And I was like, I'm listening to so much baseball content. I think we got to start making content. But I obviously can't do it alone. So I kind of roped Lorenzo into it. We started the Turning to podcast, which I'm sure some of you OG listeners will remember. We did that for about 50 episodes. And we had some fun, but it probably wasn't probably wasn't that good. The, the Turning To podcast is a small cult following. If you listen to it, you appreciated it. But if you were to go back and listen to it now, because I do think we've gotten exponentially better the more we do this, mm-hmm. it's really bad. Like, we, it's not great. But it's not great. it was fun, and it launched in January of this year, 2021, just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. We had a meeting. We were like, we our goal, our goal has always been, it's the number one thing, is to give, make baseball fun for you, for mm-hmm. the average fan, for just anybody, whether it's a kid, a 50-year-old man, a 5-year-old kid, anybody who wants to watch baseball, we want to make it so it's consumable because that's one thing that we noticed nobody's been doing. Baseball isn't as fun as it used to be, and that's our goal, to just make it 
an enjoyable product and show our love for the game and make you guys feel that love and excited just to watch and play baseball. So we needed a new name. Jack came up with the name We Got Ice. It was the first name he came up with, but we proceeded to have about 20 hours of meetings trying to come up with a name. And yeah. we just we went we like, let's go with the first one. <laughs> yeah, we, we hated. I liked it at first, but I didn't know if it was good enough. I, and now it's clearly right here. But I was like, I don't, is that the one? Like, we didn't have that, it's the one moment fully. Because I think we were just being too cautious. Then after, yeah, like like four Zoom calls that were each like five hours long. We were just like, I, we got ice is the move. Like, we got to go, we got ice. We launched that very Can we do some honorable timing. mentions of names we almost went with? Yeah. Can of corn was up there. Can of corn, we almost did, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a bad one. That was a bad one. The Worm Burner podcast was up the there. The Worm Burner. <laughs> yeah, there were, some, there were some bad names we did. But, yeah, we stuck with We Got Ice. We felt like it matched, like, our identity because we were kind of struggling with, like, what what are we going to do? What do we want to do? And then We Got Ice just kind of clicked. It clicked with you guys. That was our first kind of, like, viral – or not first viral moment, but we kind of started gaining a following. We got, like, a couple, like, couple thousand followers right after that. Then it just kind of spiraled from there. All of you guys are now listening and watching on TikTok, and we appreciate that. And now we got ISIS kind of blossomed to what it is today. Yeah, and on today, 100,000 followers, the first time we've ever really ranked on a podcast chart at all. We have YouTube now, which you're watching right now, and just getting started, guys, because like we said, this is what we love to do the most, so we're not going anywhere. We're just getting started. We got ice to the moon, Jack. Appreciate it. Now, if you started paying me, I could supply, me and Wilson could eat. It'd be great. But yeah, guys, again, thank you so much. We got more content for you on the way. So if you guys want to check us out, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at We Got Ice Baseball, on Twitter at We Got Ice BB. Make sure you subscribe, turn on post notifications, like the video, and comment down below who had the better home run derby team. And we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode of the podcast. So as always, take it easy and stay chilly.